Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran. This morning we are talking on the line to Loretta Dignam about the menopause. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning. How are you? Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. You are CEO and the founder of Menopause Hub. Tell me very briefly about the Menopause Hub. So the Menopause Hub, um, uh, I set up in 2018 and Ireland's first dedicated menopause clinic. And it's the only multidisciplinary menopause clinic. So basically... Our whole modus operandi is that we're dedicated to menopause. So we have a number of doctors who are either GPs, urologists, or gynecologists. And um, we have a consultant gynecologist on the team. We also have a psychologist. We have a dietitian and nutritionist. We have a women's health physio. Uh, in particular, pelvic floor is very important. And we have an acupuncturist. And then the other arm of what the Menopause Hub does is we do... Uh, we support organisations in making their workplaces menopause-friendly. So really, I'm an advocate for uh, women going through menopause, born out of my own experience of going through menopause. It, it, to say it's a difficult time for women is, is drastically an understatement, and I hope, I hope there's a lot of men folk listening this morning, and I'm listening as a man intently to what you're saying to us, because there's a lot of ignorance out there uh, on my part. I'm, I'm, I'm talking as a man. I'm hope I, I hope I'm speaking for some of the men folk listening this morning. Uh, it's a dreadful, dreadful time for women, and it can be difficult also for the spouse and for, for, for families. Talk to me a little bit about the difficulties that you're aware of uh, in, in talking to your, your uh, representatives. Can I just say, it's not only um, an area of ignorance and confusion for the men, it's also for the women. So research we did last year um, showed that 80% of women are unprepared for menopause and 66% of women know little or nothing. And I can vouch for that because I consider myself to be reasonably intelligent. I've had very senior roles in the corporate sector. I have no medical background um, and uh, I knew nothing about menopause. I'd never heard of the word perimenopause. So when my menopause started, I was blindsided. Um, And when I look back throughout my 40s, um, I see all the symptoms of perimenopause that I had, which is a phase leading up to it. And I was blissfully unaware that they were connected. So it's not only the men folk that are um, unaware, um, it's also the women. And that's why, you know, shining a light like programs like this is fantastic. And also, um, it's about breaking down the taboo because people think... It's because it's a taboo topic, women don't want to talk about it, and then they think they're the only person going through it. And in reality, 80% of women have symptoms. I was kind of surprised this morning, uh, my colleague uh, just informed me that at, at age 39, the menopause can start. Oh, gosh. I mean, to be honest, the menopause can start at any age. The average age of perimenopause, which is the lead-up, star, is 45 and the average age of, of um, menopause when the periods stop um, is 51. So, um, and some women, we, we have people in our clinic um, who come to the clinic and they're as old as in their 80s, late 70s, and as young as we have two uh, patients who are uh, 20 and 21 respectively who went into premature menopause, it's called, um, at the age of um, 15 and 17. I was also, so, I was also surprised yeah. in recent weeks to, to, to realise that the medical profession are not up to speed as they should be in this area. 
Well, uh, there are obviously some fantastic GPs out there, and those GPs who treat their their um, their patients are are doing a fantastic job. However, we would see, and we've heard on the Joe Duffy show during the summer there, the amount of um, maybe GPs that aren't up to speed. And the reason, I think, one of the reasons for that is that in 2002 there was a study called the Women's Health Initiative, which came out from the US, and it was never peer reviewed. But the headlines um, hit the the media globally and said, you know, menopause. Uh, sorry, HRT causes um, breast cancer, HRT causes stroke, et cetera, et cetera. And immediately, women stopped asking for HRT and immediately doctors stopped prescribing. And that was 2002. And it wasn't until 2015 that, um, that all the research was reviewed. It was debunked. The authors have come out and apologized for the research. Um, and it wasn't until 2015 that HRT was then seen as um, the, the, um, the most effective solution for most women um, and much safer than previously thought. So as a result, there's also a whole generation or swathe or whatever of doctors who haven't been prescribing HRT for a long time and therefore may not be up to, um, up to speed on what, what, what the latest thinking is. And there are a lot of myths surrounding the, the treatment and there's a lot of myths surrounding menopause itself. So yes, now I do think GPs are under a lot of pressure you know, with, uh, you know, cradle to grave in terms of who they to treat. COVID was layered on top. But it would be great if GPs could upskill in the in, in the later thinking on, on HRT and menopause. So the absence of HRT for a number of years really caused absolute unnecessary heartache for women. It did. It did. It was one of the worst um, things that could have happened. And of course that um, fear still exists. I personally, when I started my menopause journey, I used to get like, well, the only things I recognised associated with menopause were hot flushes. So I had 20 to 30 hot flushes a day. I would have my duvet on and off all through the night with more hot flushes. Um, and I was terrified of HRT. And I would consider myself to be reasonably intelligent, reasonably well-educated. And I was terrified. Based on this somewhere headline and in the ether. And I also had a kind of um, a narrative in my own head that was strong women power through. Like what a load of nonsense, to be honest. And the lack of estrogen in the female body, because what happens in uh, menopause, uh, and you can think of menopause like puberty in reverse. So in puberty, the hormone of estrogen flies up through the female body and it's just, you know, takes off. And that causes all the changes in the female body to enable it to be reproductive. Now, give me, and, very quickly, give me some of, yeah. the, of the common symptoms. Oh, the common, well, there's that 40 plus symptoms of menopause. 40 plus symptoms of menopause. So there's a group of them which are called uh, mental, psychological, emotional symptoms. And in those, there would be things like anxiety, um, depression, low mood, um, anger, birth of anger, irritability, mood swings, that kind of thing. There can also be brain fog, there can also be memory loss and so on. And also a kind of a total lack of confidence. So that's the first group. And a lot of women present with anxiety um, who've never experienced before. And they often think that they're going mad. And then on the second um, big uh, big grouping is the physical symptoms. So they're the hot flushes, but they can, can, can include migraines and headaches. They can include um, uh, weight gain. 
they can include um, heart palpitations, um, obviously drying up of the skin, the hot flushes, which we know about, insomnia. Insomnia is huge. Either women can't get to sleep or they wake up at four in the morning or the night of broken sleep. And that has a huge impact on the body and the mind in totality. And then there's a whole load of what they call the third area, is genital urinary symptoms. And they're the symptoms that affect the kind of the, the pelvic area. So we're talking, you know, painful sex, dry vagina, vagina discharge, UTIs, so urinary tract infections, um, incontinence from the bladder, um, so there's a whole load of issues, lots of libido. So there's a whole load of issues in that area as well. So, you know, no women will experience menopause in the same way. Um, and no women's treatment is exactly the same either. So there's a myriad of symptoms. And it's very difficult for women to join the dots. And we all, always put things down to something. Oh, it's stress. Oh, it's a kidney infection or it's a bladder infection. Or um, I'm under pressure at work or I'm under pressure with the family and the, the parents. You know, this kind of thing. And we're like the sandwich generation between the children and the parents, the elderly aging parents. So it can be all of those symptoms. And in my 40s, I had a ton of those symptoms. And I was sent for um, a brain scan because I had such bad headaches. And I had developed migraine with aura. That's all gone now, thankfully, because I am on HRT. Um, I also developed dry eye, which I ended up in the eye and ear three times for um, because of um, uh, in, in the A&E department. And um, once again, that was connected to the lack of estrogen. I had pains in my ankles. I had dizziness. I had fatigue. The list goes on. And nobody connected those dots for me. And I was incapable of connecting those dots. So it, as I said about the puberty, we wouldn't dream of not preparing our children for puberty or ourselves. But yet we're happy to not prepare ourselves for menopause. And it's basically puberty in reverse. And we give our children a lot of latitude and leeway, our teenagers. But yet we expect as women to be, you know, functioning on all cylinders at this point okay. when we're fighting against a number of different significant changes to the body because of the lack of oestrogen primarily. We have quite a reaction to what you're saying to us this morning. A comment, Some, so many GPs, even female GPs, are not trained in menopause and women get fobbed off or misdiagnosed. That's just one opinion. We've heard, you, we've heard what you said about GPs and so on. Question, does every woman go through it? Yes, every single woman. So 50% of the population will go through menopause. Um, 80% will have symptoms, so 20% won't have symptoms. Uh, and so, you know, 50% of the population are impacted. And there's also a knock-on impact, as you say, with partners and families. And if women don't know what's happening to their bodies and what's happening to them, neither do the partners. So it's a very confusing time. And people say, women say to us all the time, I want my old self back. Listen, we're only touching on the subject this morning, but you spoke there about relationships and so on, and of serious concern for many many people listening this morning is is the long-term damage that it can do to relationships through nobody's fault. Um, what is your advice to people listening this morning? Um, yeah, the, the average length of time between peri and post-menopause is 7.4 years. So it's a very long time, you know, and there's obviously there are averages and some people will be longer, some people will be shorter. But we hear a lot that there's, there's a lot of sexual difficulties. So women will say to us, you know, um, my marriage is, is suffering, my relationship is suffering because, you know, I'm not interested in sex or sex is too painful or whatever. There's lots of treatment available. There's local estrogen that women can take that can help with that. There's the pelvic floor exercises. Um, in my instance, I take testosterone. So testosterone is very good for the libido. And um, so there's a number of different solutions out there. And 
it's just that women need to, I suppose, educate themselves and men about menopause and what what the the changes, uh, what impact the changes have. But they also need to realise that there is help out there. And if you go to your GP and your GP is not listening or won't listen, then you need to go somewhere else. Because at the end of the day, it's your body, it's your life. And you need to take control and responsibility. I have for just that. one more comment to bring you before we let yeah. you. Yeah, Mary is now seventy-six years old. Would like to say that when she was twelve to thirteen, she asked her mother what the word menopause meant, and mother's answer was, "When you get to that age, you'll be given the grace to get over it and to stop reading those damned magazines." Oh, I'm sure lots God. of people. I am sure many women will identify this with that this morning. 100%. And can I just say that this is that once the estrogen is depleted or depleting and, and declining um, and you become postmenopausal, which is 12 months after your last period, you're postmenopausal for the rest of your life. And it didn't really matter maybe in the 1900s when the average life expectancy was 49, the average age of menopause was 47. Now the average age of menopause is 51, but the average life expectancy for women is 84. So women want to need and want to live this big phase, like the third act of their life, in the best health that they can they can very, be. Very quickly, presumably your advice is please go to your GP. My advice is actually educate yourself. There's loads of websites out there. You can go to our website, themenopausehub.ie. You can go to Louise Newsom's website, listen to um, podcasts. We have a symptom checker on our website. Women can download that, take a copy of it to their GP. But definitely seek help is my advice. And keep knocking on the door. And don't take no for an answer. And don't take antidepressants as the first line of treatment because that's not correct. We've only touched on it this morning. That was Loretta uh, Dignam there, CEO and founder of Menopause. Uh, Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views.